podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. I really enjoyed watching Wimbledon over the past few weeks, but I don't think I could ever date a tennis player. Your love just means nothing to them. <laughs> oh, nice. And topical. Exactly. I really right? like it. Exactly. <laughs> I found a few jokes where I'm like, I can time these. After we did the Freedom Rings one, just after, they're not always going to be on the same date, but I thought we can have some topical style jokes. And I knew, Lawrence, especially, you'd like that, given your connection to tennis and your love of Andy Murray. Yes. Yes. I think it went down well. You have tailored this joke to me, Nate. I have. See, and you said that recently, didn't you? You said that you feel like I'm tailoring jokes to you. Uh, but, you know, you've got to do that to win. So It's a very smart strategy. I think it's paying off. Because you're going to get a nine for that. Oh, Wow. Nice. I real, we're it. on a real good run. I was excited as soon as you mentioned Wimbledon. Yeah, <laughs> I can see. I, like, So you can't see it if you're listening, but Lawrence's eyes like widened like twice the size. Like, oh, Wimbledon. I know that place. I've been there. You are on a on a real high at the moment, Nate. And I just wanted to bring up at this point that Nate was a bit disappointed when we were chatting about this at the weekend that he thinks that I'm never going to give him a 10. Yeah, it did come up. And I'm still, you know, I'm still wondering if I don't know if we can get there. I, well, one of the suggestions was that we do a podcast where we go back and we re-rate the jokes, but I rate the jokes again, mm. and potentially another uh, another a team could come out then, potentially for the Whitney Houston joke. So if you, dear listeners, would like to hear that kind of podcast, um, do let us know on our social channels, and uh, we'll make it happen. That's a good summer break pod, I think. Meadows, you're very quiet about the tennis joke. What's going on? I laughed at it. I liked it. I'm yeah, I'm good. sat here content. Good. Oh, yeah, a content that doesn't, medis. doesn't sound yeah. content. Does a content medis and a happy Lawrence. Content. That's 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 my dream. That is my Everest. If I can get to the top of that summit, I've won. <laughs> what a start. Welcome to The Paddock, a podcast featuring stories following Formula One around the world. I'm Lawrence Bretto, senior writer at F1.com. And I'm Chris Medland, F1 correspondent at Racer. And I'm Nate Saunders, it's from ESPN. <laughs> Why have you both well, got what, weird What's thought? wrong with you, Lawrence? It's so Why? unprofessional. Yeah. You're, acting like, you're acting like Meadows and I were making weird faces at you as we did that. Keep it together. Oh, we might need to get a new guy. If there's anyone listening that wants to be host of a podcast, <laughs> yeah. maybe... Maybe drop us a line. Outrageous. Outrageous. Oh, it's, a bad, it's a bad start to this podcast. I can only apologize, yeah. chaps. It's pretty bad. It's I think it's mainly because I'm so excited to see you both in the flesh at Silverstone. Mm. Having, having seen us both in the flesh on yeah. Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> Just to ruin what you're trying to set up there. But So for, for the dear listeners, again, it was Lawrence Barreto's birthday yesterday. So happy birthday for yesterday, Lawrence Barreto. And this is actually the first time I've wished him it because everyone did it on a group chat I'm in and I kind of felt like he'd had it and I forgot to send one as well. So, uh, yeah, sorry about that, mate, but there you go. Uh, Thanks. So we saw him for some birthday drinks and nibbles on uh, Saturday night and now he's forgotten that and he's like, oh, I can't wait to see you guys at Silverstone. So obviously a memorable evening for you, that was. Yeah, no, we got there, Lawrence, said, Lawrence said, help yourself to nibbles. He was my favourite hamster. <laughs> He's on a roll today. 
two jokes in one <laughs> listeners that, that is was... a treat that's <laughs> that is like <laughs> he's gone again absolutely gone that could have been the 10 i might have wasted the 10 minute episode <laughs> oh, tell you oh wow uh, Nate. oh Nate. okay no, I can't score you twice. In no, the no, that's, that's fine. I know. I, I, I knew the rules of the game. I knew the rules of the game. <laughs> um, the reason um, why I was slightly um, anxious when you mentioned um, my birthday drinks is because obviously there was um, there was a top. Well, I don't even know why I'm bringing it up now, <laughs> but there was a there was a topic of conversation whereby you said that you were going to discuss it on the next next podcast, and obviously when I came up with the running order for this podcast, I didn't put it on there. Um, so I wondered whether. Um, you chaps felt <laughs> whether you chaps felt the need to, to to talk about it. We do, yes. It's uh, a website, ladies and gentlemen, called celebhook.com, and they have a journalist section. And under the journalist sec- section, they have Lawrence Barreto, Wikipedia wife. Is he married? <laughs> uh, this was written by Berendra Tandan, um, and it's well, it's just stunning. Basically, uh, there's some some real great snippets in there about who he is uh he's a notable name in the realm of dashing uh, <laughs> he went through four years at the bbc he was lead f1 analyst paddling columnist and covered the london 2012 olympics we think paddling paddling. correspondent is great yeah, we think that one was uh rowing yeah is what they mean by that um besides journalism he also likes to travel around the world and talk about cars to the public which i think is the journalism part of what you do I've uh, seen I've seen you do that. Lawrence will just go up to public people and just be like, "I'm going to talk to you about cars now. I'm going to talk at you about <laughs> cars." So this journalist has done their research; they know what they're doing. Yeah, uh, it says Lawrence Barreto has yet to be featured on Wikipedia. Despite being in the industry for so long, he has yet to be featured on the wiki, which is a little sad for his fans and well wishers. Uh, but we can see his article on different websites on the internet. Sadly, Lawrence Barreto's wife is yet to make it. Says his debut on the web. So this is why you know this wasn't written in English originally. Uh, as the journalist likes to live a low-key status life, so we could not get our hands on the data regarding his current relationship status and love life. Maybe he is, in, he is dating in private and wants it to be public when it is official. Uh, well, scoop time. <laughs> Lawrence Barreto, what is your... Where, where's your wife? Well, I'm not, I'm not married. Okay, <clears> so <throat> they can update that. That's why your <laughs> wife has not made their debut on the web yet. No, so that would be why um, there is no information about my wife because um, I don't have a wife. Um, I do have a girlfriend called Sabrina, who I know, Chris, you were disappointed that I've never mentioned her by name on this podcast. So Exactly. I told so there that. we go. So there's a bit of information for that article if it ever gets updated. It, it should. Surely they listen to this. That so must be part of their research. We just broke some news, guys. We've just, <laughs> we've just moved on the news agenda around Lawrence. I'm proud of us. And it, only one... took us, it only took us nine months or whatever it's been. Yeah, and there's one other section that needs updating here. Uh, F1 Lawrence Barreto, family and net worth. Talking about Lawrence Barreto's F1 journey, he has been actively working as a journalist and writer from Formula One. Also, we can see his pictures from the F1 racetrack on his Instagram feed regularly. Likewise, he has yet to introduce his family to the audience as they are mostly from the mainstream media and limelight. I think it means away from it. So, uh, Lawrence... We'd need you to introduce your family to the mainstream media, please. And moreover, Lawrence's net worth is yet to be disclosed. So, Lawrence, can you please tell us your net worth? <laughs> I've never considered myself to have a net worth, to be honest. So, um, no, is the is the support to that? Well, well then, the <laughs> but you final... do spell the T's in your name as pound sterling signs, don't you? <laughs> yeah, 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 weird. Yeah, I, I always thought that was a bit strange when you started doing that. <laughs> yeah, 
you're like, guys, this is how, like, it's stylistically, I want it to be done now. Yeah. I mean, doesn't everybody do that? Well, I, I will now, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a few in mind. Um, the final paragraph. Though the journalist has not shared any detail about his wealth, but we can, ass- we can ensure you, so I think means assure you, that he is, he is earning a good amount of money as he has been working in the media field for a long time now. Um, can, can they assure us, is that correct, Lawrence Barreto? Are you earning a good amount of money? I mean, I'm earning enough money to, to pay the bills. Okay, to me, no, that I'm sounded like low. a big pitch and they just wanted to insure Lawrence. So they want to sell him some uh, home insurance, yeah. life insurance, like all that stuff. So I think, I think Meadows, that is a scam artist. <laughs> it was written. What? Yeah, what? I know. I, 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 yeah, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but... I, I always trust Celeb Hook. <laughs> it's where I get all my, all my Lawrence Barreto news from. Yeah. So, yeah, if the author's listening, though, he can cite, uh, cite the podcast in the... I don't. I don't think the article has any, any, any references yet. Yeah. Uh, but you know, times change. He or she? I think it might be she. The author. Oh, apologies. And you know, just for future reference, Nate, if you ever want to get some Lawrence Bretto news, you could just ask me. Well, because yeah, we're you know we're friends, we're podcast co-hosts. So. Yeah, I just I trust what I read on the web more <laughs> than it coming from your own. You know, from you. I just think you would probably. You know, how do I know that you're telling me the truth? Whereas Celeb Hook. <laughs> uh, they obviously, they, why would they lie? You know, no yeah. one's ever lied on the internet before. So, also, did uh, did Lawrence just talk about himself in the third person? He did, yeah. Yeah, I thought so. He thinks he's the rock. If you want some Lawrence Barreto news. <laughs> oh, uh, did, oh, I did, didn't I? There's oh, a clip. No. That's getting clipped up. You basically. should do that one day when you're interviewing in the down in the pen. You should be like, so look, Lawrence Barreto didn't think that was a great race. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and have them just look at you like, uh, because especially if you have the mask on, they'll be like, oh, I thought this was Lawrence. And they'll be looking at you like, oh, okay. Lawrence has got a doppelganger in the paddock. Well, and the then just act. The mask doesn't just... cover my whole face. Isn't it? No, but yeah, but it, but it would cover enough that if you said it like that, they'd say, oh, this must not be Lawrence Barreto then. You know what I mean? So there you go. Third person. I think that'd be a good gimmick. Well, if that's a challenge you want to set him, uh, we've got challenges that are being set for you, Nate. Because... Mm. The, uh, the listeners have responded. Firstly, actually, a listener did rate your joke from last week. Uh, Stephanie Graves gave you eight, mm-hmm. eight out of 10 for the joke. As an American fan, mm-hmm. I appreciate it. Just a couple of days late for the fourth. Good effort. Thank you, Thank you Stephanie. Appreciate that. But then, uh, right. So this is someone's name I tried to say their Twitter handle last time out. And I thought they were maybe um, Danish or Scandinavian. And they have a Swedish Twitter name, but they're actually Scottish. Because they've they've clarified it for me. It says they say say Vernor, I think, or Wernor. Uh, the dog is unhappy with my pronunciation. If anyone can hear him barking, um, five out of ten for the joke. Sorry, Nate. Oh, so uh, probably doesn't yeah. travel as well. But it's not he, going to Americans. Uh, they liked the Sam Schmidt story, and they say the idea for your Silverstone challenge. Here we go. This is what we're going to get into. The idea for Nate Silverstone challenge, in as many interviews as possible, you either have to call Gasly babe or say Gasly love Gasly. Oh, so what, say it in an interview? In as many interviews as possible. So, right. you know, yeah. if, you, if you're asking anyone a question, be like, so... <laughs> so, um, so that yeah. move on, on Gasly, love Gasly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I was like, what? I was like, huh? What was that? What did you say? <laughs> <laughs> there was a few, there was another one, wasn't there, about saying I should call... Pierre Babe to our 
Yeah, Linny, Linny B says, call Pierre Bay. Or yeah. see if you can get joke suggestions from anyone in the paddock. That's that's quite that's I joke. quite like that idea. I like that. And then I can drop it in and then not say it's a driver joke until after. Like this was actually given to us by X. I think that's a really strong idea. Yeah. Because it can... doesn't involve me embarrassing myself, which I'm, you know, which usually I'm I'm fine with, but you know, first first race in forever. Probably uh, probably not going to give you that one then because we need you to embarrass yourself and okay. nate's been really worried about this by the way listeners he keeps asking me to let him know ahead of time what the yeah. suggestions were going to be even though most of them i could see anyway on our mentions yeah exactly so. I, I realized i, I messaged meadows earlier and i was like can i see them and i was like wait i can just <laughs> i can the just magic of this. twitter yeah um, uh there were a few more though we've got uh interview a driver or go to a press conference with a fake mustache on and just don't mention it the thing is nate already has a real moustache so yeah i think that, that would be a very good idea if i didn't have facial hair yeah. and i'm not willing to make myself look like a baby again uh because yeah my dimples get bigger every like every day i think and i'm worried that if i do that again it would just be dimples under there um so good idea though maybe one for lawrence when he's talking in third person with a fake moustache <laughs> <laughs> yes He'd look um, interesting. In no, I think stuff. I think what I'll do is I will I will ask I will start putting feelers out to drivers about jokes. I can do that anyway. I think that's quite a nice one to just do generally and be yeah. like, "What's your favorite joke?" Boom. Um, well then, then we've got three others then to choose from that Lawrence mm-hmm. and I are going to choose between. But I can tell you already like the calling Gasly babe one, which I I would like to see. I will admit. Um, there was also. Ash Jamo, I like this one. Find your best mate Nico Hulkenberg in the paddock and ask if he'll call his unborn child Nate. Yeah, I saw that one. That's that's quite funny. I mean, at one point we were gonna we were gonna ask Hulkenberg to come on, weren't we? And yeah. have me and him talk and like play up the whole rivalry thing. But it was before he came back last year, and then we had him on the ESPN F1 podcast last year, and it was all kind of fine. So I was like, you know, I don't know if it would work, but. Hey, if he's there, I'll probably go and say, well, if, if we can go say hi, I'm not really, I do need to double check, double clarify all the rules around all that stuff for this weekend. Cause I do feel like I'm a bit out of the loop. You you can go and say hello to someone. You just have to yeah. keep, keep well, distance. So. Yeah. If it's out in the paddock, you can just stand a bit, or, you know, socially yeah. distance from them. Shout, shout at him. Uh, and then the podcast nobody asked for, which I believe is your old housemate. Mm-hmm. Um, says, ask Danny Rick to sign a copy of the book he wrote for him or wrote about him, which I believe you've already done. Yeah, so um, so um, it's, it's my old housemate Ian and uh, my friend Graham, and they, um, uh, quick plug for them, they, they've just got, been voted the British Movie Podcast of the Week. So oh, cool. play to them. Yeah, yeah. Very it's, cool. It's, it's great. Um, so yeah, I did, have it, I did have it signed. Sorry? What have we won? Uh, well, we, we put ourselves forward for British Movie Podcast of the Week. Mm. We don't talk about movies. So... Uh, yeah, we, we shot ourselves in the foot there. No, but so on that suggestion, it's a good one. But when I first had it, when it first came out in 2018, I didn't get the, I didn't get the book to the paddock until Abu, Abu Dhabi that year. And so I took a few with me. Um, and Danny Rick signed them in the, in, the, you know, in the opening page. And he wrote a message to my parents saying, you know, oh, the lad did good, you know, enjoyed the book and signed it, which they still have. It's probably my favorite possession that I don't own because I obviously gave it to my parents. Um, but I mean, so Your favorite possession that you don't own. <laughs> yeah, I, I think what I was lo- looking for was gift that I'd given someone. <laughs> that would have been a much easier way of saying that. Um, but so I think, but then you you said that back to them, didn't you? And then they said, maybe ask him 
to sign it again and just pretend that he like, that that hasn't happened before. Yeah, it's I think a, that is that would actually be quite easy because I think it's so long ago now. He probably remembers signing it. Um, but I, what I do want to do is get a copy of the book signed so I can put it in a box in my new flat. So that could cool. work. So maybe I can maybe I can combine that with just going to him and being like, Daniel, I don't know, I'm, I've, I've never told you this before, but I wrote a book about you in 2018, <laughs> which you ruined by move, moving to Renault 25 hours after. Meadows was really kind the other day and said that it was ruined 25 hours after it came out, not 24. I think that was you, Meadows, or somebody else. It was me, yeah. It was. Giving you, yeah. Giving you you were looking at me like time. it wasn't you. No, um, was. And that's the longest duration anyone's ever given it for being a relevant book, so I appreciate that. Um, oh, I never said yeah, it relevant. I think, yeah, well, it's still... It still made me feel feel happy. Um, <laughs> <Until> then, <laughs> I am um, yeah. So I haven't actually got a copy of the book. I, I do actually. It's in one of these boxes. I need to unpack. So I could take one to Silverstone. Um, but I think that's one that it can be a long term challenge to to get that because I want to. I want that anyway for my flat. So thanks to Graham and Ian for that one, and we'll do it. But maybe not at Silverstone. I just don't know how feasible that would be. Me well, a big book. yeah. As you point out, so when I just said again to the original request to get you to sign a copy or get him to sign a copy. They said, yeah, and if Danny questions him about it, he either has to A, act like he's never asked him before or B, say he knows, but he's just bought a new flat and wants to increase the resale value of the book on eBay. <laughs> so, um, yeah, which is, I think, genuinely, if you went through with that, I'm like, yeah, I know, I just want to make some money. That would be hilarious. But yeah, no, yeah, that, that works. And to be fair, I think Ricardo would probably find that quite funny or never <laughs> speak to me again. So, I think he'll find it funny. I think he'll be safe. Yeah, I think you should be all right with him. Um, but based on what we've seen, I think Bretto and I we're going to make a call here. And I yeah, think I've kind of, I've winner. kind of, I've kind of loosely committed to a few. I, I don't hate any of those, but so we can see that you don't hate any of them. Actually, that's what's really annoying about this. That there's not one that you clearly don't want to do. Uh, but I think what we're going to have to do is go with you've got to call Pierre Babe. Yes. Or, or Gasly Love Gasly in, in an interview at some point. This um, has to be in Sil at Silverstone. Yes. Okay. So, this I, so I'm talking to Alpha Tauri. I'm trying to, I was trying to get a one-on-one -on -one with Gasly before this anyway. Um, but he's fully booked out. So I'll have to do try that down in the mix zone that That's we now fine. have. Yeah. But, so anyway. after qualifying, when he comes up and he's like qualified fifth, you'd be like, Good job, babe. Yep. <laughs> that's that's absolutely one because that would be brilliant as well because it wouldn't be a one-on-one -on -one situation there'd be a few others yeah there'd be around. a few others and i'd just be like so sorry i haven't been in one of these for a while i've forgotten how to, how to do them babe I, li <laughs> listeners i will stalk mate all weekend yeah meadows will be down it. there this is, the, this is the thing i think that that's the best place to do that anyway because meadows will be there so if i completely chicken out he can he can spend a whole podcast just insulting me about it and i will yeah oh yeah at least one podcast probably deserves a few more if that happens but all right. Well, thanks everyone for sending those in, and thanks not for being too mean. Um, uh, no, there were some good ones. They were fair. There's, there was one other review I just seen that was buried in the middle of all the um, suggestions from the only F1 fan in America for your joke, mate. Ten out of ten joke. I plan on using that myself Why? in the future. Oh, lovely. Wow. Well, there is another American joke that I will use at some point. Maybe, maybe towards Thanksgiving, we'll throw that one out there. But um, yeah. No, I, I see what I mean. I'm thinking about this now. Well, I He's appreciate that. It. I'm the only F1 fan in America. Hang on. You so you've thanks. not been thinking about it for the first 30 odd podcasts we've done. Well, no, honestly, I, I, <laughs> until, <laughs> until quite recently, I was just doing jokes. And now I'm like, well, I can, you know, theme them a bit. And, you know, so yeah. It basically started with that July the 4th. I was like, yeah, that's perfect. Perfect timing. There was also one other suggestion 
from Chad Champion that was ask a British driver about the football. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, we'll have to ask Lando about it because he lost his watch there. Well, I say lost his watch. He had it stolen from him by most, some yeah. animals who got into the stadium. He had it, yeah, ripped off his wrist. Um, that was, yeah, there was some pretty, like, result aside, which fair play to Italy, deserved to win. Came close, gutting, but, you know, still made a final. Very happy with that. Proud of the team. Not so proud of some of the scenes that there were on Sunday. And um, mm, same. yeah, it's, that was pretty pretty grim at, at Wembley. And it's yeah, really sad to hear that Lando got caught up in something. So um, yeah, hope he is all right. I was thinking about this um, today, reading about that. And it's quite, it's, I think it's quite good just from a global PR perspective that Britain now hosts, or well, sorry, England now hosts Silverstone, which will be full capacity. And you would hope can put on a, you know, a show where the, the story isn't a load of fans trying to get in, stole tickets, were racially abusing people or, you know, were hostile, whatever it is, you know, we've all been to Silverstone a lot. And when the atmosphere there is good, it's amazing. And it's a really like nice feel good place to be. And it'll be interesting. I mean, I don't think, you know, Lewis might not win, um, but I think that the whole atmosphere there should be pretty good. So fingers crossed that will happen because um, yeah, it's just not, it's not really that nice to read about any of the, any of the stuff. I mean, yeah, like you said, man, is the football itself was just pretty terrible. But I could have I could have stomached that a lot better if everything afterwards was like oh okay there's no there's no other news it was just the football was bad, but it was everything else so um yeah bit bit leaves a sour taste in the mouth yeah and then, then we've had the Hamilton Commission report come out today as well about yeah how um sort of we can improve opportunities and get more people from a black background getting into motorsport um through engineering and and that at least there's some like positive stuff since it's coming out in terms of what motorsport's trying to do to be more inclusive, but also then the outpouring of kind of like support for the players and the and the team and anyone who did get abuse on Sunday night um, and the condemnation of like the bad fans as such, hopefully um, will lead to some good coming out of that. And like you say, then, um, yeah, we can put on a, an example of a good event this weekend at Silverstone because, yeah, there'll be a lot more people there than there were at Wembley. It will. Well, it's going to be over the course of the weekend, there's going to be like 200,000, I would have thought. <clears throat> at least yeah descending on the stone like last week we're all dreading penalties so um <laughs> that was the, yeah i've done three jokes that was the worst one. Oh, that was a joke yeah it was meant to be oh, it was right. meant to be medis <laughs> but um i'm you know. dreading nothing other than the traffic i can't wait it's gonna be good oh, i honestly I, it's been so long since it's been a race I, I i do not mind that i'll be sat in traffic I, i'll just be there like oh this is great like all these people talk, i'm talk saying that I'm After saying that on Friday. Hour. On yeah. Friday, Saturday morning, I'll be like, "This is the worst thing ever." I hate my life. I wish I was in Reading back at home. <laughs> the traffic, I think, will be worth it. Yeah, uh, yeah. because it is going to be a great, <clears throat> great event. The weather looks good across the weekend as well. Did you guys notice at the races where there were no fans or were limited fans? There's that buzz you get before a race. I feel Silverstone's a really good one. Monza's a great one. Austria as well. When you kind of, especially from our position when you go in through like the main entrance of a, of a circuit, did you feel that like, did, did you feel it was lacking when you went in there? Cause I always get like a bit, you get, you're not getting the same adrenaline rush the drivers get obviously, but you're like, Oh, like this is great. Like I'm in the middle of a, like a sea of people who are all here and I'm covering it from the middle. Did you feel that from your perspective, that was like something you, you noticed walking in or did you just notice it generally? Like, Oh, there's no fans here. Definitely noticed like, yeah, the whole time, but definitely in the build up to a race when, things should be really ramping up and you can feel the atmosphere building, like more fans taking their seats or whatever and the entertainment for them. Um, there was none of that most of last year and it was just 
suddenly the noise of um, kind of the equipment going onto the grid and like blowers being on the grid and things like that. And that would be the soundtrack. And it just didn't seem right, you know. And then, and then all the cars got on the grid and once they were all on and stopped, it would go quiet. And it's kind of eerie, but it meant at that point, normally you'd have so much fan noise and you had nothing. You just had everyone ready and just going to go for a walk to then listen to the national anthem and then get in their cars. And it was like, yeah, it didn't quite give you that, that same, same buzz, at least not for me. Yeah, I remember last year for the first, for the Austria double-headed staff, it was really noticeable, obviously, because we'd got there and we weren't used to going to a Grand Prix when there was no one there. And then over the course of the year, you you almost got used to it, and not in a nice way, but it just became the new normal. And it was only then when you started to get fans back a few, I remember Turkey and Portugal, there was a lot of fans in and around the entrance point. And it was only then when you see them again, and like Austria again this year, um, when you realise what we've been doing and what, what we've been missing, I think, um, since the fans haven't, fans haven't been there. So Austria was definitely the one just recently where I, it, I was like, this is a proper event now, like a sporting occasion, a, a real spectacle, just having people around. So I'm re- I am excited um, from that aspect. Um, just have people about, it just feels like we're there to report on something much bigger now um, because it is, it is something more than what we're starting to feel at times like a test session. Yeah, that was a killer. It was just kind of because then you, you need those peaks and troughs as well during a race weekend. Because sometimes, like you're knackered, you haven't had a lot of sleep, or you haven't eaten at the right times, and it, like your your energy levels are a bit low. And then you get something like you know the hour before a race that just gets the adrenaline going again and gets you back into like work mode, focus almost. And without it, it's like a bit tougher. It does drag, but yeah, it will be will be cool to see like just how big Silverstone is. And hopefully it will be yeah, the first of many this year that are, that are the same. I mean, Austria, like you say, was mega. And Zambort should be pretty bonkers as well. Yeah, Zambort is going to be crazy. Maybe Monza, if we can stomach going to Italy after Sunday. <laughs> uh, no, well done, Italy again. Um, yeah, it's going to be going to be fun as the year goes on. And Austin, obviously. Cota, full house. So, yeah, this is going to be... It's going to be good. The guys at Cota, I think, are trying to beat the Indy 500 attendance, which was 140,000, I think, um, or 135,000. And they want to make sure they beat that with... So they'll definitely do it over the weekend, but I think they kind of want to try and do it on Sunday. So they're adding a few more grandstands. So. Wow. It's exciting. That yeah. is cool. And it's nice to, to see that interest. So I think that they can feel confident enough to want to add more grandstands. I think it's huge for Formula One in America, isn't it? Really? Yeah, massive. massive. And also, I think, and I think Cota now, I like Miami coming in is great as well. But it's also kind of like a, well, look, you know, we can still, we can still put a, like a big event on ourselves. Yeah, you know, I feel like Bobby Epstein is still going to be like, I want, I want this event to still be the one that people are like, I want to go to that one over Miami. Um, both should be amazing. But um, yeah, we love Austin on this pod, don't we? I think we're proper Austin. Uh, advocates it's one of my favourite races of the year I love it big time do you know what else I love Lamport good good answer Nate but no Uh, a pub quiz Mm. got to do the first kind of like so some F1 teams would do these semi-regularly during the season when when life was normal Uh, and you'd get to go to like an event either pre-British Grand Prix sometimes would be done in a pub or something or it would be at the track Williams used to do a great one if anyone's heard the drunk episode that we recorded last summer I think it was um, scroll back through the archives but in that one we tell you all about how drunk we got at a Williams quiz basically uh, there was 
the first pub quiz style thing of the year that I've been to, um, or the last two years really in person that I've been to, uh, was hosted by Aston Martin last night uh, in a very nice place in London called the Ivy. And um, yeah, it was awesome. Really nice. Great food, great drinks, really good quiz. Uh, and we ended up in a tie between two teams. So there's only four teams and you're on a table of three or four people because we all had to be socially distanced and had to do tests before we went in. And uh, I was on a table of three and uh, our good friend Luke Smith was on one of the other tables and basically our two teams tied for first place at the end of the quiz. And what they've done is there's some nice little gifts that you got for just being there and for finishing the top three out of four teams. So I did feel bad for the ones that finished fourth, but never mind. And then um, what they were going to do was the winning team then would be all pitched against each other for like a main prize. And seeing as there was two teams tied, they just thought, right, well then all seven members of the two teams added together are, are facing off against each other. And it was just kind of like guess to the nearest mile, um, how many miles were covered in the 1959 uh, Le Mans 24 hours by the winning car um, with Shelby and Salvadori. And the uh, winning answer went to Mr. Luke Smith. So this is not a meddling, gloating uh, story. <laughs> but he won himself a pretty swanky watch, which was very, very cool. Um, so, yeah, it was uh, It's definitely worth going back to pub quizzes. I'm also using this to rub it in because Nate didn't manage to make it uh, <laughs> and missed out on that opportunity. So, yeah, I mean, I definitely wouldn't have won that quiz. So I feel I feel like it, it, it doesn't really matter. I wouldn't have won. I would. I don't think I'd have even because Luke told us what the guess was and I wouldn't have been anywhere near that. I'd have been like 10, 10 so I miles. I went with uh just under 1800 miles and i can't remember how i worked it out and in my head the maths and logic was good and then when i tried to kind of explain it to luke later how i'd got there i couldn't even like make it make sense so i clearly had done something wrong probably had beverages that might have been what i'd done wrong <laughs> um but uh yeah luke won with his guess was 2650 miles and i want to say that the winning mileage was like 2700 um, so he was really close. I did see someone had written down 16,000 miles as their answer. So, Nate, you'd have been closer than someone at least. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it was uh, it was a really fun night, actually. Really nice. Nice of Aston Martin to do it because it's their first home race, first British Grand Prix uh, since coming back. So they're making a big deal about it where they just have to hop over from their factory. Uh, we've been chatting to Lance, not Lance, Lawrence Stroll this afternoon as well talking about his vision for the team which has been very cool so yeah it's ramping up the a lot of teams do a lot don't they around Silverstone normally when they can because it's the home race for so many teams so that's why I, you know anyone who's like listening to us from America basically who thinks why are they making such a big deal all the time with Silverstone and talking about how exciting or big it's going to be and it's because it is a home race to what 70 percent of the grid so um it's just got that added little bit for most of them about it well even Mercedes is a German manufacturer but like are based down the road so because that that confuses people sometimes when they say well we won you know this is one of our home races but it is you know most of the people who work for mercedes live and work in just down the road from silverstone so yeah it's 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 gonna be it's gonna be mega uh quick one who's gonna win um i think usually we do a review but we should do like a preview i'm gonna put you guys on the spot you're gonna win you're gonna complete your challenge yeah I have, obviously i have faith in you okay i'll be driver of the day on sunday Oh, imagine. Oh, new challenge, Nate. Get yourself on a driver of the day graphic. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to take some work. Yes. Um, long-term challenge. Yeah. Yeah, very long-term. 
Lazo, who do you think? Um, I'm going to say Lewis is going to win. Nice. Which I think is quite controversial given yeah. the recent run of form, but that's what I'm going to go for. But I think that's what the cha- the championship definitely needs it, and th- that shows you how good this year is that we're saying that it needs a Lewis win, because <laughs> it's needed the opposite for like six years, and now we're like, no, Lewis has to win. Well, early on it was looking like he was going to get his hundredth win, pretty sharpish, and now we've just been waiting, 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 waiting. So um, yeah, I forgot I, about that. Yeah, I think that um, I don't know. I just think that's what I'm going to guess. That's what I'm going to predict a Lewis victory. I'm going with a Max win. Oh, I know. I've looked at the form guide. <laughs> I'm going to say Checo wins. Oh. Yeah, I think Max is going to have some trouble, but Red Bull's still going to be the stronger car. So Perez wins. Well, there we go. Three different predictions. Yeah. Keeps, it, keeps it exciting. Yeah. All right. We'll see who was smart at the end of it. Um, I mean, this is, a, this is setting ourselves up for a fall, isn't it? Because we're trying to make ourselves look clever. <laughs> Only one of us potentially will. So we could 60- all be wrong as well. And yeah. then people will be like, why am I going to listen to a podcast with a 0% success rate? I was going to say, or, or at least 66% will be wrong. So, um, mm. although if they're all on the podium, if those three guys are on the podium, then I feel like it shows we, we at least know a little bit about what we're talking about. Maybe. Yeah. To be fair, the, the over a decade now I've worked in Formula One. And from that, I've deduced, I reckon it's likely that one of Red Bull or Mercedes will win <laughs> on Sunday. <laughs> Um, although what a story God, the, it'd be st- the stones on this guy <laughs> to predict that <laughs> what can I say um, yeah we'll have to see if it comes true next week and look forward to the 60 second review from a man who was there yeah I know right Lawrence is saying that racing's coming home it's coming home lads right is that what you're saying is it too soon for that too soon it is too uh, soon but yeah no I'm, I'm, I'm pumped and um, yeah uh, good luck to myself and the Gasly <laughs> challenge um, I'm, I'm already wondering how I'm going to do that. And the more people that are down there in the mix zone, the more likely it is that I completely bail and just don't say anything. So um, does he have to hear me say it? Because if I say it once, he doesn't respond. I don't, I'm not shouting babe at him. Like he's no, but he has to hear you say it. You can't whisper it under your breath. Oh, yeah. Well, no, no. Like that would be that would be better, right? If I whispered babe to Gasly, like just lent in. It's like, hey, babe. I, I mean, <laughs> that oh, I'm going to do that. Oh, it'd be creepier, but better for the challenge. <laughs> It's not that's not what I'm doing. I'm not updating the chime. I'm just saying, you know, that would be in a in an ideal world, in a COVID-free world, that's what I might do. Yeah, that's I was gonna say social distancing is stopping yeah. you. Otherwise, you definitely would do it, wouldn't you? Yeah, uh, yeah absolutely. 100 <laughs> percent without doubt. But good on luck that note, the challenge. Yeah. I'm gonna stop talking and get myself into more challenges. Yeah. Um good, I'm impressed good luck that, with the challenge. I'm impressed that you keep putting yourself down this hole, like I know massive respect. Says the guy who agreed to shave his head off for 500 quid. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, but I did it and a charity gained. So really, it was the right thing to do, right? Yes. <laughs> um, thanks, chaps. It's been an absolute pleasure as always. Um, I look forward to seeing you guys at self in a few days' time. Thanks to everyone who's listened as well. Remember to hit subscribe and to follow us on our social channels. You can read my stuff on f1.com, Nate's stuff on espn.com and Chris's stuff on racer.com. Thanks again. And we'll do this again very, very soon. Bye. Bye. Oh dear, oh dear.
Sports Social Podcast Network.